Welcome to We Need to Talk, conversations on wellness to inspire, relate and enlighten. Now, here's your host, Coast FM's Feel Good Breakfast host, Tony Street. Hello there, welcome to We Need to Talk as we go through the menopause series and we've had a number of chats in this area and this one may surprise you a little bit because it is the link between menopause and employment and perhaps if you've been through menopause you thought it was something that you wouldn't raise with your work, it was something that you sort of battled on with yourself but it's interesting because businesses increasingly are actually changing their attitudes towards menopause and menstruation. In fact, part of the reason I wanted to talk about this is because because my own employer at NZME came out with a menstruation and menopause policy in November last year. Part of that policy was to allow um, members of staff to take and use their sick leave if they were experiencing menopause symptoms. And I have employment lawyer at McVeigh Fleming, Melissa Johnston, here to talk us through it. Hi, Melissa. Is this something you're seeing more of, companies coming out with these policies and, and why are they needed? Hi, Tony. Uh, Look, I'm not seeing a huge amount in New Zealand at the moment. What we're seeing is in the UK and Australia, there's a significant increase in the number of employers that are identifying uh, menopause and they're uh, talking about introducing policies. So in the UK, they've got a a menopause-friendly accreditation program. Um, But in New Zealand, we're really a little bit slow on the uptake. Um, And look, the reason for, uh, the reason why businesses need to start thinking about this is because in New Zealand, we've got 400,000 people in the menopausal uh, bracket, age bracket. Um, and a recent study showed that 70% of those women have thought about leaving work. So it's really something that we need to start thinking about in the workplace. Yeah, so it's, uh, I'm guessing it's sort of viewed now as similar to paternity or maternity payments and, and leave and that whole side of it when women have a baby. Um, is this just the other end of the scale and acknowledging that it is a process that all women will go through? Yeah, you're right. And look, I think in terms of workplaces, we talk about puberty, we talk about uh, pregnancy, but we don't talk about menopause. And it is a natural stage of life. Every woman goes through it. So, you know, why are we not talking about it? It's affecting women in workplaces. Uh, so w- workplaces really need to start thinking about it and talking about it. There will be people, <clears throat> mainly men, I assume, mm. that roll their eyes at this and think, oh, my goodness, what does this mean? How much is this going to cost me as an employer? Yes. And is it virtue signalling? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what? how yep. is it going to help them, I guess, by having this sort of policy at their work? Yeah, so, look, first of all, we don't want those women leaving. Normally, they're obviously generally sen- senior women in the workplace. So they've gone through their, uh, you know, ch- they've had children, they've returned back to work, they're senior women, we don't want them to leave. Uh, for the men in the workplace, this is always, well, often a difficult conversation, uh, but that you've got to think they may have wives going through it, they may have mothers going through it, so everybody's got to learn about it. In terms of the cost, it doesn't have to be costly for an employer. There are a number of things that you can do as an employer to address the situation. So for me, the first put of call is education. So it's educating everybody in the workplace about what menopause is, what the symptoms are, uh, and really uh, creating a culture where people can talk about it. And that may be things like holding uh, seminars. It may be having a page on your intranet that sets out what it is, what the symptoms are, and really where women can go for help. So uh, what we are seeing overseas is uh, companies are making virtual doctor 
that's available. It may be that in New Zealand we have uh, often employers have the EAP service and it may be that you know an employer can check with them whether they have a particular specialist that can talk to a uh, woman about the menopause. Yeah, I actually know that as part of the NZME policy, there is a counsellor available for women as well. Do, do you know anecdotally if there is yet any evidence that women actually around menopause time consider ending their roles because it all becomes too much to have to deal with that health drama at the same time as trying to be in a high-powered job? Yes, so there's a lot of stats out there. I read something this morning where, and I don't know the time frame, but a million women in the UK have left their jobs because of the symptoms of menopause. And then a recent gender tick study revealed in New Zealand that 70% of women have thought about leaving their jobs because of the symptoms. Wow, that's a, that's a pretty damning stats. Yeah, and well look, there's one in four women suffered debilitating symptoms from the menopause, so it's a, you know, that's a significant issue. There will be some people that say, this is a health issue, why does it become an employment issue? Why is this not something, for example, if I was to get some sort of autoimmune condition or perhaps cancer, yes, I might have a sympathetic workforce, but by and large it's something I have to deal with on my own. Why is menopause different? I think menopause is different because every single woman goes through it. So if you've got people in that age group at your workplace, they could be uh, suffering from some of those symptoms. And it's things like anxiety, it's things like concentration, they may have had a bad sleep, and all of those things are going to affect them in the workplace. So they may have uh, trouble concentrating at work, they may be suffering from a hot flush at work, all of those good things are going to affect them on a daily basis when they're at work in the workplace. So there's that educational side of things mm. where, like you say, you put put a page up on the internet. What about practically in terms of sick leave? Is, is that your main recommendation, that it becomes part of sick leave, or does this need to be a separate thing entirely? It doesn't have to be separate. So a lot of employers currently have wellbeing policies, so you could include something in that. Uh, some employers will offer additional sick leave, uh, or alternatively, I think an easy way to do it is uh, if you've got every employee is entitled to 10 days sick leave a year, uh, and perhaps what you can do is you can allow an employee to call up and say, hey, I'm having a duvet day, or I just want the day off as a sick day. I would be, uh, I'd hope that once you've got a workplace that talk about menopause and everybody's educated about it, then an employee wouldn't feel embarrassed about calling up and saying, hey, look, I've got some menopause symptoms, I've had a really bad night's sleep, or I'm suffering from anxiety, I just need the day off. What are the rules around that? And you'll be, you'll be good to mm. tell us as an employment lawyer. I know at one point you had to bring, was it after three days off in a row, you had to bring in a doctor's certificate. Are the rules still rigid like that? Yeah, so look, you don't have to bring in a medical certificate unless your employer asks you for that medical certificate. And uh, do you, is it within your rights as an employer to ask for it? Yes, it is. Can you deny it and say, no, I don't want to bring one in, just I'm having a duvet day? Well, that's going to depend on the workplace policy. So that's why I think if you're educating people in that space and then you're allowing people to call up and say, I'm having a duvet day, um, unfortunately, you'll always have people that uh, take advantage of that situation. And that's why it always comes back to that education piece. So if people are educated about the menopause, then they 
hopefully an employee will feel able to call up and have that conversation and say, hey, look, I'm having a really bad day here. I need the day off work. Yeah. There's one thing, I guess, to have the days off. It's another thing entirely, um, I guess, on how you are acting in the workplace. Mm. And I think as as a good employee and as a good colleague, if some if you know someone's having a bad day, for example, we have a colleague at Coast and she won't mind me speaking about this and she is going through a cancer journey at the moment and we all know she is. Yes. And because we know that, um, you know, you, we might be able to be a bit more sympathetic towards her. We know that she might be rushing off after her shift to go to radiation or to yep. chemotherapy. And I feel like that knowledge is powerful because sometimes you do have robust discussions, arguments at work. And if you know that person's in a, a bit of a rough space, spot, I, I think you go a bit easier on them. And perhaps this is something with menopause that could be included in that. And I think people would feel a bit better knowing perhaps that that is why they might not be themselves. Would you agree? Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think you know, with that education piece, it just opens up those conversations. So if you see somebody at work who looks very tired or perhaps they're turning up late to work every day, if you've been having those conversations about the menopause in the workplace, then you're, you can open that discussion up. So if somebody's coming in late on a daily basis, you you don't want to say to them, hey, are you going through menopause? <laughs> it's a bit awkward, isn't it? <laughs> what you want to be saying is, are you okay? Is there any support we can give you? Uh, is there anything we can help you with? And that opens up that discussion. And if you've been having those education pieces about the menopause, then it's likely that that person will open up and tell you. It's a really interesting one with your boss, isn't it? Because by far and away, the likelihood is you're going to have a male boss. Statistically in New Zealand, that is just the case. We Need to Talk, hosted by Coast FM's Feel Good Breakfast host, Tony Street. If you enjoy the podcast, click to share with family or friends. To get in touch, email weneedtotalk at coastonline.co.nz. How much personal responsibility do you think males need to take uh, to be across this? Because not everyone has a wife that's been through it. And I think if they know that, uh, you are generally just more aware and sympathetic towards the condition. Yeah, I think as an employer, we do have an obligation to understand what it is. As I said, every woman goes through it. So why why don't we understand it? Um, And as a line manager, if they are managing women in the age bracket, then they should know about it. And that just enables those conversations to take place. Are there any other positives for the employer? Um, on the one hand, you're you're looking to retain mm, someone yep. who is a talent, and we know that the job market, particularly at the moment, people can get jobs wherever they want yeah. to. Are there any other benefits that could entice people to embrace this? <laughs> yeah, look, I think it's also about attracting staff. If people know that the uh, workplace is open to those conversations, and I think you know, in, in the UK, they term it as a uh, menopause-friendly workplace. So if people know that, they're probably more likely to be attracted to that workplace. So it's retention, attraction. It's probably uh, women having less time off because at the moment they may not take sick days and they may not be performing that well in the workplace. So there's a number of benefits, I think, for the employer. The more you talk about it, uh, the more likely somebody's going to have that conversation with you. Uh, and then I think you'll see sick days probably reduce. 
you'll see better performers uh, and you'll retain those staff. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I'm not at the menopause stage yet, but even at my age where I'm, I'm turning 40 this year, what I value in an organisation is very different to what I valued as someone in my late 20s, particularly because you might have children, um, you don't necessarily want to be flogging yourself like you perhaps did in your 20s and your 30s. And I know also that maternity programs or paternity leave is a huge motivating factor to women and men who have young children and they will look at employers that um, will be able to give them a bit of time off and they might get six months of full pay. So there's no reason why it wouldn't be the same at the other end of the scale. I know that NZME, this is obviously a new thing Mm -hmm. coming to New Zealand, NZME did it in November. Do you know of any other Kiwi companies that are leading the way in this? Yes, the Auckland University also has a policy uh, and that's really about it at the moment, um, although I didn't know about NZME. Very recent though, yeah, so you know yeah. they're getting on the bandwagon. I absolutely think there'll be a significant increase. I mean, New Zealand always follows overseas, and overseas this is a big topic. Um, so I think we will start to see it. It may take a few years, but it, you know there is an increase in it already. The fact that I'm here today talking about it, probably a year ago we wouldn't have had that conversation. So it is building up. Um, But really where I want to see it go is, uh, you know, first of all, workplaces talking about it, then looking at implementing policies. And from my perspective as an employment lawyer, I want uh, employers to be looking at employees. And if, for example, you've got uh, somebody sitting there that's been doing a really great job and all of a sudden uh, their their work performance as great as it was, perhaps they're making regular mistakes. Rather than putting them on a performance improvement plan, let's talk to that person and check they're okay. If you've been having those conversations, you might find that they are going through the menopause and you may be able to put some things in place to help them. Why is this important to you, Melissa? Why have you decided to pick up this and run with it? I think from my perspective, it's, well, it's, Probably talking to friends. Um, last year, I was talking. I last year I went on a trip to the UK, and I was having a drink with a friend, and she told me that she was going through it, and she said, "I have days where I'm at the office and I actually can't remember my colleague's name." Uh, and for me, before that, I hadn't really thought about those symptoms. I'd thought about the fact that you can get hot flushes, but I hadn't realised that there could be brain fog, there could be anxiety. Um, and then I started thinking about how that would affect somebody in the workplace. Wow. Well, that there, I think, sums it up. That's a, absolutely a reason enough um, for you to be operating how you should be in your workplace mm. and just to have that, I guess, that little bit of slack from your employer when it is a really difficult time. Melissa Johnson, thank you so much. And fingers crossed um, that Auckland University and NZME aren't <laughs> the only two companies in the next year that um, adopt this policy and actually make some movement in this space. We Need to Talk, hosted by Coast FM's Feel Good Breakfast host. Tony Street. If you enjoy the podcast, click to share with family or friends. To get in touch, email we need to talk at coastonline.co.nz.